1: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the InsideLine Formula 1 podcast. My name is Mithila.
0: Hi guys, my name is Kunal and we bring to you the InsideLine F1 podcast every week. And this week's big news is that the Chinese Grand Prix has been postponed from its slot in April to a later date which is yet to be disclosed.
1: Yeah guys, remember it's only postponed. It hasn't been cancelled yet. But Kunal, Kunal, can you believe it? So the coronavirus could be the actual reason why we don't get a record number of 22 races in 2020.
0: I know, I was actually so looking forward to 22 races in the calendar. Because there's so much of a hype about how it's such a privilege to work in Formula 1 and you should do like 52 races if you could and all of that. (laughs) 53 if we could, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the irony of uh, this whole uh, Chinese Grand Prix postponement episode has been that the Heineken Chinese Grand Prix is postponed because of the coronavirus.
1: Ah, I get where you're going with that. (laughs) Yes,
0: and I really hope that the Vietnamese Grand Prix isn't impacted as well, right? Right. Because at the moment, that's the only race we have in the month of April, the Vietnamese Grand Prix.
1: Yeah, but guys, worry not. Uh, I know it's going to be tough because there's no Chinese Grand Prix and then there's going to be a longer gap between the races. But we will help you cope with all your withdrawal symptoms. And uh, we're not sure what exactly, but we'll bring you guys more specials in the month of April. So. You have our word.
0: Yeah, and you can hold Mithila to it because she's suddenly just gone and made a commitment and I have no (laughs) clue what that is. But okay, so in this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast, we discuss the Chinese Grand Prix and what actually is being done to ensure that it happens in 2020.
1: And or but more importantly, we're going to discuss which circuit we should race twice at if the Chinese Grand Prix doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, we actually made a list of venues that aren't on the current calendar and it's a list of actually it's probably very similar to a list of uh, venues where formula 1 should race but isn't currently racing
1: basically yeah yes
0: so also in this episode we will talk bits and pieces of fernando alonso red bull racing uh, mclaren and the great helmet marco uh,
1: kunal you know i'm telling you helmet marco has been saying so much stuff of late uh, I think we can do a special What Marco Said This Week section. And you know what? I think I'm going to build on that through this season. So guys, watch this space for Mar.
0: Basically, Missila's is going to host two specials that week. Or three. <laughs> One is in April and I have no clue what that is. Then she already runs the What Wolf Said This Week section, yeah. which is, I know, a lot fun. And a lot of you have written to us saying it's fun. And now I'm actually looking forward to what Marco said yeah,
1: today. Yeah, he just has because... to keep talking, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so... Uh, let's get to business. Wait,
1: before that, we have to remind all our listeners that they have to subscribe to us. Guys, subscribe to us. We are on all platforms. We're everywhere
0: iTunes, Audio Boom, Google Podcast, Spotify, Castbox, all of that. We are also on Facebook. It's called the Inside Line F1 podcast on Facebook. But yes, now getting into the business of the podcast. The Chinese Ramantri, it's been postponed. There were efforts that were, you know, being made to swap the race uh, with Russia or sort of even try and organize it in the summer break. And it seems like none of those efforts are literally coming through.
1: Kunal, I am surprised that Russia rejected the swap offer. I mean, I understand that it would impact plans of those who book travel to go to the race in Russia already. But then again, how many fans actually go to Russia, right?
0: And for all those fans who actually do go to Russia, I would assume that the circuit owners could have just extended the same tickets to a revised date and and so on.
1: Yeah, frankly, I thought the race was only for Vladimir Putin to attend
0: <laughs> or for Bernie Ecclestone because technically that's the only other race that only race that we actually see him attend definitely to go meet his friend Vladimir, right? But uh, I'm honestly very glad that the plans to have the Chinese Grand Prix in August has been shot down by the teams. And I go back to that, yes, it's a privilege to work in Formula One, but I absolutely love the month of August and that break is priceless for me.
1: Yeah, you know, and in fact, guys, we asked a lot of our listeners, what race would you like to see hosting an F1 race twice in 2020, you know, just to replace China? And we got some really interesting answers. Yes,
0: the overall favorite was Spa. Uh, There was Raghav, Omya, Siddhartha, all of whom I interacted with over a WhatsApp group uh, called F1 Fan Hub. And they were all in favor of Spa and that's actually not too difficult to imagine. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm absolutely not surprised because I'm sure Spa would come up on the list of most drivers as well. And Kunal, your personal list, you love Spa.
0: Yeah, I love Spa, but I know one driver who wouldn't agree with Spa is Lance Stroll. Because uh, I remember when we were interviewing him in Spa last year, he very shockingly declared that Spa isn't among one of my favorite circuits, right? And uh, I remember quizzing him on this question, but... Anyway, time to move on Yeah, from... I'm going
1: to stop you there because I think the strolls have had enough airtime from us. Uh, guys, we had a full episode on them last week. It was absolutely hilarious, but that's last week and we will not talk about them today.
0: Yes, so back to Spa. There were suggestions that the second Formula 1 race at Spa could be like a night race. Or in fact, Omea uh, even suggested uh, having... Uh, Uh, You know, cancelling Paul Ricard and having to race in Spa three times. Yeah,
1: I mean, I understand the obsession with Spa. But guys, I must also tell you all that Paul Ricard is considering layout changes to their circuit. uh, And that will hopefully make the French Grand Prix more interesting. But they're also yet to confirm if these changes will happen for 2020 or later.
0: I think the question that they will be stuck at is, you know, who will actually pay for these changes, right? Because that's the question everyone Mm -hmm. is stuck at. Who's going to foot the bill, right? So the other obvious venue that came up for hosting a race instead of the Chinese Grand Prix this year was Germany. Because I think it's also easy to say Germany because they hosted a race not more than a year ago and they're off the calendar just literally for financial reasons.
1: I believe Formula One actually stands to lose more money if they don't have 22 races in 2020. Honestly, given all the broadcast rights and, you know, sponsorship contracts, I think that could be likely.
0: Yeah, and, you know, in which case, you know, could Liberty Media return to Germany just to fill their quota of 22 races? Who knows? And there's there's a whole lot of dichotomy in this, right? Because Germany got dropped because they weren't able to pay Liberty Media. But Liberty Media will probably consider bringing Germany back just so that they make money off the 22 race contracts, you know? Very true. And, uh, I also believe that Germany is a good uh, uh, example to use because Formula One would have come to Europe after uh, you know after Vietnam, and it's uh, probably easier to have a replacement venue. In Europe. So that sort of gives Germany like a logistical advantage if it required one at all.
1: on all valid points. And in fact, one of our listeners, Jualant, he wrote in suggesting that he would like to see a replacement in the form of Germany, but with the reins. I frankly think that most circuits with rain would be a very good idea.
0: Yeah, and the other idea which I really loved was from Abhishek Hule. He said that let's race at any circuit on the calendar that can accommodate a second race but let's race in reverse.
1: Ah, I like that.
0: Yeah, so Chase, we know you're listening. These are only some of the suggestions and uh, we'd love for you to sort of take either or all of them forward. But Mithila, what's your personal suggestion? Where would you like to see Formula 1 race twice in 2020?
1: Yeah, Kunal, I think I have a pretty long list, but I'm going to go with Austria, Monza or even Singapore.
0: Yeah, you're just biased towards Singapore because you stayed there for a few <laughs> weeks for for some time of your life. But uh, to me, it's tough to make this list because on one hand, there's, you know, history of the circuit and all of that to keep in mind. And then on the other hand, it's like how entertaining have the most recent Formula One races held at those circuits been, right? Because I would uh, even add Silverstone or even Suzuka to this list, maybe even Baku, because they pretty much have had a crazy race almost every Every year they've hosted Formula One.
1: Yeah, Baku has been an absolute cracker. And Kunal, you remember when the Azerbaijan Grand Prix was actually the European Grand Prix for the first few years? (laughs) It's like they wanted us to believe that Baku is in Europe when it actually isn't.
0: Yeah, these things never cross us and never, you know, lose lose memory. Yeah, we we always have it on our list somewhere or the other, guys. But. That's it with our list for now. No, no,
1: no, wait. I think we forgot Brazil. Interlagos is a fantastic venue and uh, crazy Formula One fans. I think they'd go twice for a race.
0: Yes. Okay. So I I think we've given enough options to Mr. Chase Carey and his teams. Now let's see whether or where they take us after all for the 22nd race or if they manage to squeeze in a race in China at all.
1: Yeah, and there's also the thought that whether promoters can afford to host two races or races twice in a year. And for most of them, I highly doubt it.
0: Yes, that's actually one uh, angle which needs to be considered. And this is where I just recently wrote uh, something on my on my blog uh, saying that should Li- Liberty Media turn into a race promoter? You know... Can they sort of give themselves a head start by waving off the race hosting fees, the millions of dollars that they anyway charge all the local race promoters? And could Liberty Media sort of just go and host a private Formula One Grand Prix?
1: I mean, that is a really interesting point, Kunal. In fact, I read it on your blog as well. And I think, come to think of it, the main incremental cost for Liberty Media would be hiring the circuit. You know, the people, the machines, etc.
0: And there's already a few circuits that have Grade 1 status to host a formula one grand prix
1: yeah like and that's no big deal because like companies hire circuits to host music concerts like all the time in fact uh the indian grand prix circuit it's actually even hired out for these large scale weddings can you imagine getting the, married at the, the Buddh circuit the
0: big fat indian weddings right but yeah. uh we in fact just recently got news that uh circuit has been seized for all the right or the wrong reasons depending if you're a motorsport fan but I don't want to digress. I really wish that Liberty Media sort of steps out and takes up the challenge of hosting uh, a private Formula One Grand Prix. It's a different approach, uh, but I, I am pretty sure that there is money that can be made uh, you know, via different revenue streams like ticket sales and special race sponsorships and so on.
1: And Kunal actually have an alternate idea that if Liberty Media isn't looking to host an F1 race, maybe they can speak to Lawrence Stroll and maybe he will be happy to host like a Stroll Grand Prix at the Stroll (laughs) Racing Circuit and he'll just go out and buy and rebrand one of the existing circuits, you know, with all the money that he has. As
0: long as he doesn't make or doesn't have a provision in the contract says we need to have Lance Stroll winning that race, Ah. it's okay. So... Formula One is family business for the strolls. We keep saying this and we are happy to keep repeating this fun fact time and again.
1: Okay, great. I think we can now move on. And we're going to talk about Helmut Marko. And Kunal, I wonder if any other person in the paddock believes as much in Sebastian Vettel's talent uh, like uh, Helmut Marko does.
0: You know, let's remember, Sebastian Vettel was one of Marko's first finds for Red Bull Racing, who actually ended up becoming a world champion. So I sort of understand the affinity that they all have for each other within that whole Red Bull ecosystem. I
1: do too. And uh, Marco made a list of drivers who could match with Verstappen in 2020 and of course Leclerc and Hamilton were like obvious uh, answers on that list, but he also added Vettel to that list.
0: I know. I saw that list. Yeah. I saw that interview and I was so surprised. But you know, apart from being surprised I was also longing and I'm still longing for a Verstappen versus Vettel battle. And if we can actually have something like this, uh, you know, in 2020, hopefully in 2021 as well. Because time and again, we've seen Vettel sort of get out-thought uh, or out-driven uh, by Verstappen or he starts out-driving himself. But uh, unfortunately, of course, Helmut Marco has ruled out a Vettel versus Verstappen partnership at Red Bull Racing for, believe it or not, money reasons you know for he said that they will be an extremely expensive pair for us to hire
1: unbelievable kunal i still can't believe that despite all his you know struggles and spins and mistakes sebastian vettel is still able to command a towering salary like how does he do it i mean i know it's good for him but still you know how many other like top corporate executives are able to afford uh, similar circumstances I don't think there are many.
0: And one top Formula One driver who believes he deserves a seat in Formula One is Fernando Alonso. Last week, he issued uh, all these clarifications uh, about his uh, relationship breakdown with Honda and, you know, the GP2 radio messages and few other points that have sort of defined Alonso's career in the last four, five, seven years. Okay. And in the interview, although I must share something really interesting that I found, uh... He spoke of how he shared his prize money with his mechanics and, you know, this was all in an effort to showcase that he's a team player, right? But from my days at Force India, I know that even someone like an Adrian Sutil, who never made it to the podium, shared his spoils with his mechanics time and again. Like, uh, at the end of 2010 or 2011, I can't remember, he actually gifted all his mechanics an iPad, And this oh. is Adrian Sutil that I'm talking about, right? And yeah. what I'm trying to say is that what Fernando Alonso did uh, is actually a common gesture in the world of motorsport and not just Formula One.
1: Yeah, I think Fernando Alonso has switched his pressure lever in 2020. You know, initially, it seemed like he was pressurizing the teams to hire him. And now I think he's pressurizing Liberty Media to find him a vacant seat. Uh,
0: That's a very brilliant example of what he's trying to do. Yes,
1: a vacant seat with a top team. Let's remember that.
0: Yeah, and Flavio Briatore confirmed that I spoke to Fernando and he will return to Formula One if he is only with a top team, which means Ferrari, Mercedes or Red Bull. Otherwise, it makes no sense. And in all of this, Red Bull Racing has actually already shot down his interest.
1: And McLaren, they recently declared that they won't be winning races until 2023. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I just wonder, how the hell do they get that math? Like, do they just put a <laughs> random year to deceive us? Or is there some weird algorithm that they run? I mean, I think it's a random year. Like, the only thing they know for certain about 2023 is that they will have Mercedes
0: engines. Yeah, and the only thing I can declare for 2023 is that we will still have the Inside Line F1 podcast week on week. And I think by then we would have crossed like 600 episodes or I don't know. Some Cheers random, to that, Kunal. <laughs> some random number that I'm just inserting, right? But uh, I'm going to ask a larger question out here. Does Formula One really need Fernando Alonso? Right? And before you wonder what's wrong with me and you sort of log out and tune out of this episode, let me remind you guys I actually held a very similar discussion when uh, Michael Schumacher was attempting to return to the sport as well.
1: Yeah. And personally, I love Fernando Alonso's talent, his personality, his abilities. But Kunal, you've got an interesting moot question. Does Formula One really need Fernando Alonso? Uh, One of our listeners, Gunjan, and he happens to be Kunal's brother, and he's like, Fernando Alonso's biggest fan. Oh my God. Uh, Guys, I think he's just unscribed to our podcast at this (laughs) moment. He's also unscribed to his uh, brotherhood with Kunal.
0: (laughs) Guys, I can convince Gunjan to, you know, sort of resubscribe his loyalties to me and our podcast. But I really hope that no other Fernando Alonso fan is leaving us at the moment. Just give me a couple of minutes to explain myself, right? So, right. So in my view, Formula One has moved on from Fernando Alonso. Uh, You know, we're looking at the future with the likes of Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, Lando Norris and all the other youngsters that are out there. And uh, in fact, I think Formula One has even moved on from the likes of someone like a Sebastian Vettel.
1: I mean, come on, Kunal, for, you know, all that old guard versus new blood uh, discussion that we keep having, I really hope that Fernando Alonso comes back. Uh, because to me, he's still one of the best drivers out there. And uh, Fernando Alonso returning to Formula One, that would be an amazing story to follow.
0: Yes, that would be an amazing story. And he is one of the best talents out there. But let's remember, there are newer stars that Formula One has built in the last few years. Alonso will always remain a legend. You know, he will be remembered for. Uh, being the only driver to have beaten the great Michael Schumacher in his prime. But I believe that there are newer heroes for the younger audiences to follow in Formula 1, and that's just how it is in life and in every sport. I think the narrative has shifted, you know, to Lewis Hamilton versus the youngsters like Verstappen and Leclerc.
1: Yeah, well, life may not give us a second chance, but Fernando Alonso in Formula 1, I sure hope that he gets a second chance. Well, yeah, I, you know, in fact, I am just reminded of what uh, Felipe Massa said a few weeks ago. He said that Ferrari needs to assess in 2020 whether Vettel is the right driver for the job or not. I mean, it would be sad, but if Vettel is leaving, maybe Ferrari could consider Alonso for the drive. What do for, you
0: think? F- yeah, okay. Firstly, for a driver who overstayed his welcome, not only in Ferrari, but in Formula 1 overall, and I'm talking of Felipe Massa here, it's strange to sort of seem talk about other drivers not being the right person for the <laughs> job, right? Like, we, I loved Felipe when he went up against Lewis and all of that. But you guys know what I'm talking about, right? But... Uh, the question I would, you know, rather ask to as an answer to your question would be, would Ferrari hire Fernando Alonso when Charles Leclerc has shown time and again that he's capable of competing against Hamilton and Verstappen? Sort of two of his biggest championship threats at the moment.
1: Wow, Kunal, you've just gone out there and nuked my speculation. Thank you so much.
0: Well, you know, it's like this, that... Uh, if Fernando Alonso is actually gone, can you imagine how you're going to feel when Kimi Räikkönen leaves? Okay.
1: Yeah, now you're just making it worse. You should just stop right there.
0: Okay, final point. It's the off-season still and I am reading an interesting book. Uh, it's called The Formula X by Urien Kamer and Rini Van Solingen. And uh, the book actually demonstrates how any organization can make their business as fast and agile as a Formula 1 team, right? And to share my favorite example... And I've been sharing it for for a long time now. When you work in your job and when we all work in our corporate jobs, we make plans and strategies, say for the next month or the next quarter and see how the results pan out, right? But for a Formula One team, their strategy is in the moment. You can win or lose the race right now by deciding what you are going to do or not going to do you know, when the situation changes in a race, right? And uh, that's the level of challenge that teams face time and again. And I believe there's a fantastic learning for every corporate company and employee and leader out there from how Formula One teams operate and run their decision making.
1: Kunal, that's very interesting. And I think I'm going to read that book. It sounds very, very relevant.
0: Yes, I can allow you to borrow my book. Yes, my books are very precious to me.
1: (laughs) Okay, guys, that's it for this week's episode. And uh, we know that everyone's busy following the car launches and the livery reveals all the way till the start of the uh, tests next week. But guys, we're going to be back before the start of pre-season testing with our next episode.
0: Wow, Mithila's going and just making commitments time and again.
1: That's what (laughs) I do. On the podcast. But,
0: uh, you know... uh, Hats off to Mithila. She's not been, uh, you know, in the best of health the last few days, but she decided to take these 20, 30 minutes out to sort of prepare and help record the podcast.
1: Kunal, I am a woman of my word.
0: Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, in the in the next uh, episode, we will talk about pre-season testing, the, the, the typical pre-season testing uh, jargon that's going to be thrown at us time and again. And we will share our summaries of the car launches, you know, in, in the days to come. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you in a few days. Thank you. Adios.